Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Happy Monday to everyone out there. Welcome back. The ruler is back. Shout out to Slip Rick. Shout out to Jay-Z, who's also used that line. But I'm neither one of those guys. This is Jason Jones of The Athletic bringing you the Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host, Jason Jones. And hopefully, prayerfully, whatever you want to do, whatever you needed to do last night, whatever your advice is, whether you needed to sip something, whatever you needed to do, I hope you did it to get past what we all witnessed from the Kings in the last 69 seconds of their lost Sunday night. It was quite amazing and amazing and not in a good way to watch a team implode the way the Kings did. So instead of talking about the Kings having won two in a row and hosting the world champion Los Angeles Lakers Wednesday as the Lakers would be coming to town on the second night of a back-to-back. Instead, we're talking about the Kings somehow finding a way to lose a game that anybody watching the game went back east on League Pass probably turned off when LaMelo Ball was called for a flagrant foul on a De'Aaron Fox drive, putting De'Aaron at the free throw line with the Kings up 123-115 with one minute and nine seconds to go in the game. Again, I repeat, 123 to 115, one minute, nine seconds left in the game. 69 seconds, a little more than a minute. However you want to put it, wasn't that much damn time left. And from there, the Kings went kangs on us. They It went from, as the uh, old people say, it went from sugar to shit real quick for the Kings. And how do you do that? Uh, I, I kind of detail it in the story I wrote for The Athletic, but a quick summary of what happens is you miss five of six free throws down in that that span, including De'Aaron missing both free throws off the flagrant foul. And then on top of that, remember, after the flagrant foul, you maintain possession. You miss two free throws, then you don't make a shot after that. Boom, go down and give up a three. Okay. Okay, maybe you're okay. Go back down. Marvin Bagley misses two free throws. Go back down. Another three. Okay, you know, actually before that, you know, Harrison Barnes fouls Terry Rozier shooting a three. Three free throws. Okay, go down. De'Aaron gives you a four-point lead. But on that play, Buddy Hill rolls his ankles down. They got to call a timeout, get Buddy up. Buddy ends up staying in the game, getting back in the game. But... No more timeouts. 
But you're still saying, okay, you're up four with less than 24 seconds. Don't give up a three. What do the Kings do? In what, basically in seven seconds, give up a three. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Keep on going back and forth. You know, then Buddy misses one or two free throws. And then the game ends when Monty, uh, not Monty, I'm sorry, uh, Malik Monk uh, gets by Corey Joseph, makes a real tough layup. Uh, Rashawn Holmes fouls him. And so instead of going to overtime, the Kings lose 127-126 to the Charlotte Hornets, who were playing without Devontae Graham, who were playing without Gordon Hayward. Yeah. So, I don't want to hear about, well, the Kings had injuries. The, the Kings didn't have Hassan Whiteside. They didn't have Tyrese Halliburton. I don't give a damn. You had a, You should have been up by 9 or 10 with a minute to go in the game. You make, They make one or two more free throws. I'm talking about a two-game winning streak. It's as simple as that. I don't want to hear it was Corey Joseph's fault. He should have you know, stopped Malik Monk late. Corey Joseph should have never been in that position. Why in the hell are you only up? To, what's going on? There ain't no way it should even come down to that. So I don't want to hear about it was Corey. The, the Corey Joseph should have done this or why did Rashawn foul him? Yeah, they're all valid points, but it should have never got to that point. It never should have gotten to that point. And you want to know how you, lo- you lose 10 and 11, you sink further down in the standings, why you're not a playoff team, why you're a bad team. Why you don't have any all-stars? You want to know why all that matters? How you know? Because stuff like this happens. Yeah, every team blows a lead. You know, you know it happens. You know, hell, the Lakers Blues have blown big leads. The Clippers have blown big leads. We've seen teams blow big leads. But this was this is downright ridiculous. This is, I mean, there's no way to put it. And... I don't know anything a coach can say to a team after that. Luke Walton says this is not a game where you have to beat the guys up. They 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 pretty they know they fucked up. They're, you know what's what more can he say? And he can't go out there and make free throws for those guys. Just can't happen. You got to make your free throws. And to me, what makes that this that stretches into the, the game so problematic? You're talking about your core guys all messing up in one way or another. This is your, you know, your core guys. You know, this is De'Aaron Fox who continues to struggle from the foul line this season. You know, and and it's you know that's that's just a bad look when your point guard is a guy who's struggling from the line. You know, he you know Buddy had you know had a thirty point game, but he misses the free throw. I don't know if that ankle that he rolled was bothering him there, but. Well, no, you know, Marvin misses a couple. It, it just was all around bad. And I'm going to kind of look at this game from a different perspective. I don't know if it's really different, but I've hit on this point before. I'm going to hit on it again. The Sacramento Kings lack depth. They lack depth. Plain and simple. You know, you got guys playing 40 plus minutes. And you just don't, I just don't think, maybe they didn't have their legs, but it just showed. It just, just, you had the, over, you know, Luke Walton playing a dangerous game. I don't think it's dangerous, but a necessary game. Basically, I'm going to play my seven or eight guys heavy minutes to give myself the best chance to win. And really, it should have worked against the Hornets. There is no way the King should have lost that game. Marvin was like, that one's hurt. You got to have that one. You're damn right you got to have that one. 
because now we're talking about a team that's lost 10 of 11. Like I said, Lakers coming in Wednesday at Portland on Thursday. You're going to look, I mean, very realistically, the Kings are going into, could be going into the All-Star break. Hmm. Losers of uh, 12 or 13. And it shouldn't be like that right now, but it is what it is. And I I just, I'm really lost for words with what I watched. And I've seen some pretty bad losses. Got me thinking, what are some of my worst Kings losses that I've seen? Hmm, this, you know, I don't have a, I mean, I've seen a, way more losses than wins. So in some ways the wins are more memorable. But there are some losses that, you know, stand out. I think about, uh, I believe it was 2016, 20, 2017, 2017-18, uh, or was it 18-19, whatever year it was, the year they went down to Atlanta and just got just drugged by, you know, by the Hawks, that's when like Dwayne Dedman looked like Akeem Olajuwon, which probably is why the Kings signed Dwayne Dedman. That's neither here nor there. But you know, you had losses like that. I mean, I there another memorable loss. Uh, this was uh, it was this was post Linsanity, but we go down. The, the Kings were playing at the Knicks, and the Kings were up eighteen in that game, and. They gave up like a 65 to 18 run. Like, it was insane. Like, they went from like up 18 to like down 30. It was amazing. That was pretty bad. I actually remember that game because I went back to the hotel and drank Hennessy just because I was like, I need something strong and biting to take away the memory of what I've just witnessed. And I can understand if a lot of you need to do the same thing because that was pretty awful. And like I said, you know, I may have to sit back, you know, and just compile a list of just some of the worst losses I've seen the Kings have. And this has got to be right. This is I, I that guy tweeted this is top five. It's probably top three in terms of just bad, awful. How in the hell do we get here? Losses. And yeah, I usually don't kind of come in here and recap a game, but it's hard to ignore one of the epic just meltdowns. In, in so many regards, like I said, you know, found three-point shooters, missing free throws. There was a point earlier in the fourth where De'Aaron let the ball roll up the court, didn't touch it, didn't run any clock, then picked the ball up and called timeout. Hmm. May, you know, maybe you can burn six, seven seconds before you call the timeout. I mean, I don't know why they were saving trying to conserve time. It made no, you know, it's either, but these are all little things that only matter because they lost. Plain and simple. You win the game. I don't care about that. I don't care that De'Aaron missed a couple more free throws. Does it matter for the big picture? Yeah, but it's not like, oh, he missed more free throws. But Kings are 10 to 17 on free throws. Six of those misses came in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. That is how you stay one of the worst teams in the NBA. And... I'll address this as well because people are jumping in the timeline, jumping in my mention saying you got to fire Luke Walton over this, fire him over this season. First off, I never called Luke Walton Phil Jackson, but if you if you think the fall guys for how the team is playing right now are Luke Walton and Corey Joseph, you're missing the point. You're missing the big picture. 
This team isn't, you know, you can even say, okay, say for example, you say you throw Luke out. This team ain't built on Corey Joseph. Man playing 15, 18 minutes a game, y'all want people want to blame him for everything. The fact is that the game comes down to your stars have to make plays. And in this game, the Kings' top four players, well, without Tyrese out there, De'Aaron, Marvin, Harrison, Buddy, you know, and even uh, Rashawn, you throw him out there too, you know. Let's see, let me cut that again. De'Aaron, basically your five starters. You have De'Aaron, Buddy, Marvin, Harrison, you know. Rashawn, they all had a part. They all had a moment where you said, "Oops, why did you do that?" Down the stretch, you throw Corey in there. Okay, you want that kid at six people, but still, when it came to in terms of trying to put the game away, your key guys, you know, all came up short in one way or another. With Harrison with the foul, uh, Harrison missed the free throw too before uh, De'Aaron's. It was after a dunk and he got fouled. He missed the free throw, but. You know, if you want to lump him in there for missing a free throw in the fourth as well. Rashawn with the late foul. Uh, Buddy with the missed free throw. Marvin with the missed free throws. Just, Just mistake after mistake after mistake. And again, you know, like I said, you think it's, this, this is all about Luke Walton. I think you're crazy. And from what I can gather, it's not like Luke is going to get fired this during the season. So I think people who are wishing for that. You know, barring something crazy happening, I don't, that's just not, I, you know, and, and I don't think them losing a bunch of games qualifies as crazy because did really, did any one of us really think this was a good roster, a good team? No. Did anyone really think that Monty McNair and his front office went out to really upgrade this team and give this team a chance to make the playoffs? No. So I I view this team from what I call a realistic prism. I didn't think this team was great from the start. So to me, the seven of eight, the winning seven of eight earlier in February, or now in March, but back in February, that was an anomaly to me more than anything. That team is not. That's not the team they are. Do I think they're this bad? Where they're going? No. Where you're losing games like this? No. But I think the seven of eight kind of threw people off like oh see this team can make the playoffs now chill 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 this team was bound to struggle because of the lack of depth the fact this roster has not been upgraded from last year the roster you know yeah you say you swap out bogey for Tyrese you say maybe you're happy with that move but you didn't replace you know a guy like Kent Bazemore you're relying on a guy like Daquan Jeffries who is an undrafted player from uh, last year he's in his second year he doesn't have a ton of experience. He's not going to put you over the top. You know, maybe fans are begging for Robert Woodard to play when you get back from the G League or Jemias Ramsey. Neither one of those guys puts you over the top and gets you closer to the playoffs. No. It just doesn't happen. And this this team, and I, what I believe will happen is just because this team is not a playoff team, I don't see, barring, you know, some potential star falling into the king's lap i don't see mine mcnair making a move to add anything to upgrade this roster this is going to be the team you have all year and they're going to be nice where they look great it's going to be nice where they look terrible or they're going to and sometimes that'll probably all happen within the same game and you saw that tonight they jumped out to a four point 14 point lead in the first quarter and then they remembered they were the kings and stopped playing defense 
or maybe they, you know, weren't playing great defense anyway, and perhaps Charlotte was just missing shots, however you want to put it. You know, then they they kind of organize themselves, get a little cushion in the fourth, then boom, they blow it. So, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, Marvin said he had no words, and I really don't have many. I, I actually had way more words than I thought I would have for such a, such a situation to watch such a game, you know, but... My takeaways, this team is not good. The roster is not great. And this is what you're going to have to deal with all year. Plain and simple. You know, this is who they are. And for better or worse, this season has been way more worse than better. This is what you got to ride with. And it's not Luke Walton's fault. It's not... Monty, it's this is a you know it's not really Monty's fault. This is a collective. You don't get like this overnight. This goes back to previous regimes. This talks about roster construction. You know everyone has their part. You know maybe you no know, Luke can coach better. Monty could have give you know could give him more to work with. De'Aaron could make his free throws. Marvin could make you know free throws. Buddy could make a second free throw. Uh, Rashawn doesn't. Fa- I mean, there's just so many different things you could look at to say what's wrong with this team and why, and what they need to do to get better. But damn it, at this point, let's just somehow get to the break. Just get to the break and see what we've got and try to figure things out from there. Because yeah, this is this ain't it. This ain't it. You know, I believe. Uh, I'm paraphrasing what John Wall said after his team, uh, after the Rockets were. They lost by like dang, dang near 50. They, they got destroyed by Memphis. And John Wall said, I'm paraphrasing, this 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 is ass. This ain't this shit this ain't it. And that, that the last sixty-nine seconds of the Kings against the Hornets, that ain't it. That ain't gonna work. And yeah, that that ain't that that's just not gonna work. And perhaps it was so bad. You say, you know what, that is such an anomaly, it'll never happen again. You move on and you pull an upset of the Lakers on Wednesday. I wouldn't count on that just yet, you know, the way the Kings have been scuffling and the Lakers look damn good against the Warriors, but who knows, maybe um, the Phoenix Suns will wear the Kings, (laughs) I'm sorry, wear the Lakers down a little bit, maybe because it's so close to the break, LeBron James takes the night off, I don't know, but... Really, the Kings can't worry about what nobody else is doing. They got to worry about the damn selves. And right now, it's just not good. You know, do uh, can this team be a better team uh, next year, two years from now, if De'Aaron Fox is shooting free throws at a back in the day Rajon Rond- Rondo pace? If he's shooting free throws like he's, you know, I don't know. People keep on saying like Shaq. I ain't gonna put that on him, but he's gotta he's gotta be if you're talking about being a good team, you need him shooting, I would say, uh at this rate, just you take seventy five percent from De'Aaron. And a lot of times the Kings have gotten lucky that the free throws haven't cost them a win. But I think you can say definitively the you know your point guard goes one of four from the free throw line. That cost you. That it essentially helped cost you a game. You know, and is it all his? All no, clearly nothing's ever all one person's fault. But 
Yeah, that was pretty that was pretty bad. My man is shooting 67.6% from the foul line this year on the, definitely on the place to be a career low. That just won't get it done. And the number of free throw attempts weren't good enough. You got to have more than free four attempts if you're him. Yeah, it's just mm, you know, you got to get you got to get more from everyone, but it's tough when you're uh, you got to when you got to think, you know, dang, well maybe late in the games they, they would have been better if they had Tyrese to handle the ball and maybe he makes free throws. You know, there's just so many what ifs, but this is a game that should not have been a what if game. This should have been Kings win two in a row, feeling a little better about themselves. Maybe they go into the break winning three or four, maybe four in a row, something like that. Instead, we're talking about. You know, you got fans and media playing the blame game, and that's not getting anything done. The Kings aren't any better for it. It's just, it's just bad. And like I said, whatever the vice, whatever vice you needed Sunday night, I understand. Some of y'all vented at me on Twitter like it was my fault. Okay, I get it. You know, I'll take that. You know, hey, it is what it is. But a lot for this Kings team to work on, a lot for this team, the Kings team to get better at. And again, I'm leaving my. I, I sit here wondering what the hell did I watch Sunday night? I don't know. Just same old Kings. That was the same old Kings type game. Just just when you think, well, maybe, okay, maybe they've learned. Yeah, it was just all bad for them. So I don't want them about the Kings anymore. I really don't. It's uh, you know it's just uh, I'm gonna I want to move on to something else and for uh, this this edition of the uh, hip hop talk of the ruler of the court podcast I want to start by kind of bringing up a series they just recently played on FX out here uh, the hip hop um, documentary. And, you know, the title of the uh, documentary, let me pull it up, you know, I want to make sure I say it, uh, say it correctly, it was Hip Hop Uncovered on FX, yo, and it, it was a very fascinating look at hip hop, you got, uh, you know, Big U, um, you know, Bimmy, Haitian Jack, Deb, you know, you got these, these uh, monumental figures of hip hop. You know, kind of maybe people who were in the background, people with some, you know, street backgrounds, but they were also major players in the hip hop game. And I'm an LA dude, and, you know, you know Big U being from uh, LA, you know, talked about his, you know, background with, you know, rolling 60s Crips. And as an LA guy, yeah, of course, I clearly I grew up around Crips, but what struck me was his relationship with uh, Corrupt. And Nipsey Hussle. And I've talked about Nip a lot on this podcast, but I haven't talked really about Corrupt. So I want to spend some time reflecting and talking about Corrupt, who I believe to be one of the one of the most underrated MCs in hip hop ever. I don't believe Corrupt gets his due as a lyricist. And I'm gonna walk you through why I believe that. And I'll just start with the fact that one He's on death row, and on death row, who are the stars? It's Dr. Dre, clearly. It's Snoop, 
And then even when you talk about corrupt, it was always Daz and corrupt, the dog pound, which was fine. I mean, I loved the dog pound. I mean, to me, the album Dog Food is one of the greatest albums. West, it's a West Coast classic. But corrupt never got that solo shine that I think he, you know, w- w- with Death Row. He had some solo hits, you know, We Can Freak It, you know, all that. He, you know, he had hit, you know, his own solo hits, but. He never, I don't think he got that type of shine during that hate, death row heyday as a solo artist that would have really elevated him with people who don't think, who a lot of people I speak to see him more as a, as a West Coast hip hop legend, but not an overall, you know, elite top flight lyricist. And I think that's just crazy. Corrupt was the most lyrical dude on death row. Like, I'm a big Snoop fan, but talking about lyrically, nobody's seeing corrupt and if you don't believe me i'm gonna give you some homework to go listen to and because i mean whenever corrupt jumped on something he killed it he killed it plain and simple and there's no denying you know just this the impact he had and i mean we, we can go all the way back to the chronic and Let's see, I'm trying to remember, you know, you know, you can go, you know, stranded on death row, you know. And whenever, that song right there, stranded on death row, just the, you know, when Corrupt opens the song, he really sets the bar high and makes it tough for anybody else to come after that. And he did it there. Listen to Explosive on Chronic 2001. I mean... That vote, that verse on explosive might be one of the most profane, just like, you know, massage, just, just, just this filth, flying filth verses ever. But the, the shit goes hard. It's it's just one of the, you know, just corrupt, just murders it. And corrupt has, you know, verses and bars across, you know, different artists, different albums it's just i i'm getting worked up thinking about it just because i'm gonna listen to some corrupt when i'm done with this just because corrupt is you know he's you know a philly cat came to la and just he just if like you you blend the quote-unquote traditional you know people think of the east coast as being the more lyrical coast in hip-hop i think that's a kind of an unfair assumption but he blends that with that west coast sound that that gangster thing, he 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 blended it so well, and there's a reason why Eminem said that, you know, <laughs> that uh, Corrupt was one of his favorite MCs of all time. There's a reason why he said that. It's because he is one of the greats. You know, he's one of the greats. You know, you know, you know. Remember what M said about his list: Reggie, Jay Z, Tupac, and Biggie. Andre from Outkast, Jada, Corrupt, Nas, and Zen Me. You know, my man put Corrupt ahead of Nas. And honestly, I don't think that's too crazy. I really don't think that's too crazy. You know, depending on what you're listening to. And uh, Kumo D, you know, ranked uh, Corrupt in 39th in his like all-time MCs list in his book. Uh, yeah, so hit me up. What's your favorite corrupt song? You know, what's 
you know, I mean, I I listen, I still listen to that Streets of the Mother album. You know, kind of when he went back to uh, Death Row, whatever that deal was. I still listen to that to this day. You know, I listen to I listen to a lot of corrupt stuff still. You know, you know um, that Space Boogie Smoke Odyssey album. He got some hits on there. Got some good stuff. You know, and then you go to his Dog Pound stuff. You know, you know. The, the New York, New York, which again, as it's covered in the show on the Hip Hop Un, Un, Undiscovered show, corrupt wasn't this in New York, but it got took taken that way. It, you know, it is what it is, you know, but, you know, you got, you know, you got the whole dog pound stuff he did, you know. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a shout out, some love just to what corrupt has done musically. Lyrically, what he's meant to the hip hop, what he's meant to the hip hop, you know, to West Coast hip hop, just you know, for him being, you know, one of the uh, to me one of the great MCs all of all time. Like I didn't even realize he was nominated for a Grammy back in the day for uh, what would you do, you know, from the Murder Was the Case soundtrack, you know, what would you do if you could get with me and my, you know. So hey, I'm not gonna try to you know, rap or nothing right now. But today, like I said, today's uh, hip hop lesson is: if you haven't done it already, go listen to some corrupt. Go, you know, put corrupt in your Spotify, your Apple Music. Put put type it up in there. K U R U P T. Put it in there. You know, step your step your West Coast game up. Step your hip hop game up. Listen to some corrupt. Enjoy yourself. So. That's what I took from that show. At least that that's part of it. And I, what I may just do over the next week or so, because I thought that show, that series was just so good, that just dive into some of the other artists they mentioned in there. You know, LL Cool J. You know, you know my name is Jason. Once I've realized what LL Cool J stood for, I'm like, I could be LL. I, I'm not, you know. I But, you know, hey, a kid can dream, right? We can talk about that. We can talk about... You know, Detroit, you know, talk about, you know, Trick Trick who's in there. Talk about what, you know, what Eminem and that whole Detroit movement, you know, with that spawned. We can talk about Nicki Minaj and Gucci Mane and all the things. You know, we a lot of artists were discussed and brought up in that in, in that series and just the, the whole influence of the whole hip hop thing and. How, like I said, seeing how, you know, the connections people made early in their careers and how these people helped them get to where they are and where they are now and how Corrupt took care of basically a Big U's family when Big U was in prison. You know, all that stuff. I, I'm always fascinated by these things. So if you have Hulu, if you have FX, definitely look the show up. I promise you, you will enjoy it. It's great stuff. And again, listen to some Corrupt. Yeah. Uh, Go play the streets as a mother, you know, you know, listen to that a few times, you know, listen to call, you know, even though, you know, I, I love a good diss track, you know, calling out names and <laughs> where corrupt goes in on DMX or whatever. And just kind of as a supplement to that, you get a chance, check out the drink champs podcast with DJ EFN and Nori. Uh, he got the whole uh, cast from that. 
from the show on there. Even got Haitian Jack from the Dominican Republic to call, I guess, via FaceTime on there talking about everything. Get some nuggets on there, too, about Corrupt and a trip he made to New York um, after Calling Out Names came out. And uh, not really a trip to New York. He got stuck in New York, you know, you know, flight situation, that whole deal. So, yep, the, that's all I really got for everybody today. Like I said, you know, what's going on with the Kings. Reminds me of the Dave Chappelle joke. He says, what can you say about Afghanistan? It hasn't been said already. It's bombed out and depleted. That's some Chappelle show stuff for you. But uh, what else can you say about the Kings? It's a similar situation. So... What I'm going to do is, I'm going to play some Corrupt. You know, I'm going to play some Dog Pound. I'm I'm going to play something just un-King related. I don't want no one to say say Kings on my music after what I watched tonight. It's just time to get away from that. So, should I say not tonight, Sunday night. It's Monday. You ain't watching it, y'all. So, y'all be safe out there. You know where to find me. Instagram, um, at Mr. Jones LBC. Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones theathletic.com and again this is the ruler of the court podcast brought to you by the basketball podcast network i'm jason jones and i will catch you later this week as we head into the all-star break and we can talk about what the kings need to do over the break other than take a take a break so (laughs) that was kind of obvious you know but hey I'm tired. I had to watch for what I watched the Kings do Sunday. You'd be tired too, because unlike some of y'all, I didn't turn it off when they were up eight with about a minute to go. So, y'all be safe out there. Don't let this Kings team drive you crazy. And I will catch you next week. I'm gone. <laughs>